Hello, Apps here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is the weekly video games podcast where we give our impressions of the games that you can play today and react to the latest news from the wonderful world of video games. We're here every Monday on your favourite podcast app and on the YouTube machine, absolutely motherfucking free. This week, I'm joined by the resident referee... That's his new name, because he hasn't won anything. It's one of the very first members of the clan, the OG, one of the three OGs, perhaps some people would say. It's Logan. He's back. Technical issues nearly scuppered us, but you've overcome that of some new tech, and you're back here for a second round on IGC after some long hiatuses before that. Yeah. I've, uh, what was the last one we did a couple of months ago? Hmm. Well, it's probably longer than that now. Um, kicked the yeah, shit out some, of Outriders. That's what we did. Yeah, kicked the cunt out of that. Um, I'm back now. I've well, it always helps, doesn't it, when I'm playing games. Like that's that's mm. the key. If I ain't playing games and I fall into them ruts, then uh, then there ain't much to talk about. So the key is to keep playing some new stuff. Yeah, that does help. But there's sometimes. Other reasons to get people on, but particularly in this instance, there has been some some gameplay playing and mm-hmm. uh, some impressions. I've I've played through what we're going to chat about today, but I get bored of myself talking. Believe <laughs> it or not, so I am um, I like to get other people's opinions and slot them in, and I'll be asking the questions. So on the docket today, officially, we'll we'll definitely get round to this. There may be some bonus stuff towards the back end, but as as we we're talking about off air, it depends on the amount of waffle. We've got Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Wrath of the Druids DLC. And people are saying, that fucking came out weeks ago. And we go, yeah, but it don't matter. That's what we do here. We play all the shit so you don't have to. And then we can report back, no matter how late it is. Honestly, I was talking to Adkins before this, and there's about six games we've got. Some that are a year old that we haven't got round to speaking about that we've been playing recently. So... You're not tuning into this podcast for up-to-date info generally. What you're going to get is late doors, opinions, and hard-hitting facts about these games post-release. And hopefully you find it interesting or helpful. Some people um, buy stuff late doors, didn't they? Because, to be honest, if you're looking at the financials of it, buying a game day one with the season pass is the most stupid thing you can do. Like The cost saving to be had just a few months later is extortionate. Absolutely, yeah. I, it's what I'd prefer to do most of the time, but the trouble is with this world as it is, is there's very little else to do. So you end up just chucking your hard-earned pounds uh, at whatever you can get some entertainment for, and uh, there has been some uh, there has been some games to play. Yeah, and one of the big ones. I mean, you say there's not a lot to do, but once you buy Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you soon realise that there's a fucking shitload to do just in the base game. So we're going to get cracking on that now. Um, before we go into the DLC, I did want to get just some thoughts on the base game itself, because that's been played through probably 100-odd hours if you're anywhere near the sort of speed I was playing it. But, I mean, before Valhalla itself, what's the sort of franchise experience with Assassin's Creed for you? Has it been on and off, or has it been off? Is this the first one? Uh, how long has it probably been since you've played one, if you have even played one previously? Yeah, so the only previous experience I've got of playing the game is a short escapade into Black Flag. Ah, yes, yes. Um, 
I can't remember why when I was playing that. I just all I remember just getting snowed up in a in some sort of castle, and I was like <laughs> trying to find the enemies to kill and stuff. And it was just I, I was getting a little bit frustrated by it. I don't know why. I might have just been in a bad mood, but I think I gave it one or two sessions, and I was just like, Nah, this isn't this isn't for me. This one. It felt a bit too uh, a bit too stealthy for me. I think I think yeah, that's what annoyed yeah. me. Um. So that was the only experience. And then, now naturally I've got, I love Vikings, so there's no two ways about it. So The TV show one, or just Vikings in general? The lore, the TV show, I've always liked like Viking movies and anything to do with that. I'm all, Norse. I'm all about it. Yeah, Norse stuff. Norse stuff, I'm, I'm banging to all that. Mm. So it was on the radar anyway because I was like, hello, it's basically Vikings, as in the TV series, it's Vikings the game. And yeah. I was like, surely that for me is a match made in heaven. Yeah. Um, but I have to be honest, when I when I kind of jumped into it, I, I, I kind of knew what I was getting, a bit of an open world game, linear story, collectibles. I was like, that'll do. What I wasn't prepared for was the amount of time it wanted from me. Mm. Now, I was expecting... 30 hours ish of of content from it and then to walk away yeah and um i got well over triple that and um (laughs) i i really liked it at first i really Mm. enjoyed it i liked you know unlocking new stuff i like the storyline the characters but it just becomes a bit rinse and repeat i think and it wears you down to the point where you literally just like get me get it done um and then on top of that obviously i was trying to do get that settlement to level six i think yeah and because towards the end i'd been trying to just sort of breakneck it a bit i wasn't doing all the collecting and therefore i arrived at the end of the game with not enough materials to upgrade my settlement Mm. so then had to go back around the map randomly looting places that I'd just picked just to see if I could get enough materials to level up my camp to level six to tick off a quest. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, I enjoyed my experience in the game, but it's just it, it, it it's just too long, and that's without doing numerous side quests and activities and bits and bobs, really. Yeah, I've I'm, I've definitely got a map full of stuff in England that needs to be gone back to like, i quite mm. enjoyed those i think they were called world events and the mysteries which were like mini side quests essentially mm. but sometimes they were and they were sort of they would show them on the map as a little blue dot and um, but sometimes you'd go there and there'd be something else like piling up stones to a certain level and i'd be like well yeah. I, I can't be I no i've been doing this 100 hours and you're asking me to do that so yeah it certainly was I mean, too long. I, don't, I know people say, "Well, how can a game be too long?" If you want to just get a get to the stage where you feel like you've achieved something and finished it and seen through the story, like that is a long, big investment, like three figures worth of hours. Um, and I certainly, it certainly tested my patience. But what I will say about Valhalla was is it's a very easy play. Like you mentioned that yeah. it bounced off of Black Flag a bit because it's because of its stealth. Like focus and what they've done in the last sort of two and three games has been three of them now since they've made like a big shift in the gameplay is they've made it a lot more um i guess 
they've kind of, I feel like they've directed players just to play as a warrior rather mm. than, you know, hide in the shadows, which you can do still, but certainly you can wander into a any fight and deal with them and, and, and kill everyone. Like you're more than capable of doing that. So it's like why would you sit around in the shadows when you can literally walk in there and cut people apart? Not to mention the Viking setting. It's like that's that's kind of like fits how you'd expect them to, to behave really. Mm. Yeah, I I think that I, I did read up on it before I bought it because I was a bit concerned about this stealth stuff and they said that it's you know that's still there for you but it's it's really you know you can really take the fight to them and I was like well if that's the case I'm all for it I mean I did try and do some of the stealth it's not that challenging to do some of it it's a bit more challenging to do others but it's like one of those games where once you get the mechanics and understand the distance you can be from the NPCs and the enemies and stuff and it it becomes pretty pretty easy to do um it's just you know that it just become a bit like the people change the areas change a bit but the ultimate what i'm doing isn't that much different i'm Mm. there i'm trying to help someone get on the throne so they can be an ally and that's it and that's basically what you're doing throughout the regions in england um yeah yeah i mean it's you know I, i i i did enjoy the game but it just I just felt a bit fatigued by the length, I think. Did you take a break at any point? Like, did you stop playing it for like a couple of weeks or give yourself like some no. space? Or, no. So you just no. <laughs> ploughed on through? Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I must admit, it, it's weird, isn't it? Because when you when you probably need that break more, you become more determined to actually get this done and yeah. you take less breaks than you would have done at the beginning. And I found myself doing that, I think, which doesn't help, but... Yeah, it was just, it's difficult because you, you, you don't want to bash a game for having too much to do. But at the same time, as you say, you know, that that is broadly just completing all the quest lines I've got. A hundred and something, 102, 103 hours, I think it, it, I ended up on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, is over three times the length of most most sort of standard story length games. So, yeah. It is, but overall, I enjoyed the experience. I thought the gameplay was pretty satisfying. It, you know, gave you a good variety. Um, I liked all the lore. Yeah, it's just, um, just, just a bit too much for me in the end. I think. Yeah. Well, it's strange you say that because I mean, it's it's no doubt it's a big one, and they they done some really I thought some good stuff with the story and how your choices affect certain things like you can almost in some instances choose who you're going to put on the throne in certain regions and then that that will have mm. consequences or it'll play out later on and i felt like they could have done a bit of a better job of that but perhaps given each region like two full acts like half the amount of regions you've got to do and have two story sessions based on the first one where you go and sort out who's going to be leader and the second one perhaps you go back and deal with the mess that you've created potentially and and you see a bit more of those characters because there's like like a dozen regions, I think it might have even been more. Like you just kind of do that one thing, and then you don't really interact with them too much until mm. you know later on when when you call upon them for, for for aid. So a tighter story would have been been helpful. But to be fair, like bang for your buck, there's a lot there for the money that's been outlaid for people. I know some people just enjoy having just one thing to focus on, and this will certainly. You know, we, we've both spent a hundred odd hours into it and got nowhere close to the collectibles required to complete that part of it. So if you're going as a completionist, you know, the world's your oyster, really. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. I just want to touch on those just quickly. Those kind of choices. I remember texting you once I'd done the or when I was in the first area about one of the choices, and I was going, "Oh, what did you do?" Sort of thing. But I think I quickly found that there it becomes rather inconsequential. Like you make mm. a decision, but there's no. To your point, you don't ever really. There's no consequence. I didn't feel. I in the end, I could become pretty blasé about about what I wanted to do I didn't fret too much about it and obviously I got used to Abel's character and I knew what he would and wouldn't do anyway but um, it would have been good for them to as you say play on that a bit more rather than you you kind of make them choices complete the area and see them once or twice more in the game and that's a, that's about it yeah well that's, yeah that's why I would have preferred if we could, you kind of go back and really dig into what you've done and what the mm. what the actual impact that has had on it. I mean, there's a, there are choices that where you can choose to spare someone or kill them, which has a, you know, an effect on you know how the how the game plays out later on and who you, who you can meet and whatnot. But but yeah, generally, like you kind of deal with a region, then that's it. You just leave the mess behind if you've if you've created one, and then you're on to the next one. So mm. definitely something I feel like they could have done better with. Um, so we get the announcement that we're going to get this Wrath of the Druids DLC. Set in Ireland. New story, they're claiming. Now, first of all, I'm surprised you even got this after you just spent 100 hours in the base game and said that's too long. Yet, it somehow sucked you back in. Um, what are you thinking here then? What was your thinking of, of jumping into Wrath of the Druids? And cause I'm sure you didn't buy the gold edition or anything to start with. This was a separate purchase that happened as the, yeah, as the, uh, the DLC pack come out. Yeah, I mean, it's just about unfinished business, isn't it? Like when you do a hundred hours in saying, and then draw the line, like you think, I haven't, I haven't drawn the line though, have I? No. Um, and I have to be honest, I didn't expect it to be, you know, again the length that it was. Um, mm. I kind of expected it to be, um, you know, what five hours or something. Yeah. Um, cool. And then, yeah, and then to walk away from it, um, but. Again, I didn't. I didn't get that. No. How long do you? Th- how long do you think you spent in the the DLC? Over twenty hours, I think. Yeah, it's cool. around over or around that. Yeah, it's fairly meaty. Um, my my biggest complaint with the DLC is that I don't know if they could have even. I don't know if they can solve this because it's set in a set period of of history and a set period of time. But you get on that boat and you go to Ireland. It might as well be England. It looks exactly the same. It's got the same green. And I know that's what Ireland's like, but it's like, could you have not picked a a, a different location where the the terrain's got some variety to it? Cause it just felt like within within an hour, it's like I'm just roaring around the same map, just rearranged here. Um, it would have been cool to go somewhere a bit further out, maybe somewhere a bit exotic and and whatnot. But we didn't get that. We got you know another another ver- another green rolling hills of of Ireland in this case, and they've just obviously got Irish accents. Well, or not, as or the not, case may be. Some, yeah, some of them don't. <laughs> um, like an yeah, American's I agree. right there. Well, yeah, I, 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 it, it did instantly feel like you sort of, <clears throat> it, 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 it kind of felt like everything that you'd known before, you were like, right, here we go then. Mm. Um, like, it would have been good if they, you know, I know in the, some of the Vikings travelled, you know, to Russia and 
um, to the Middle East yeah. and stuff. And, you know, to get a bit of a change of scene would have been nice. Go back to Scandinavia, a bit of snow. <laughs> I'm got glad f- I got away from that. Well, to be fair, that is an awful... That, that, is it Finland? I can't remember if it's Finland or Norway now. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, Nor- Norway's the snow, Finland's the... Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. There's another map and whatnot. But, yeah... I mean, they could have done something else other than Ireland, I guess, but... I mean, to be fair, it follows the law of what the Vikings actually did. So, in a way, I kind of think they're actually trying to be true to the stories. Honestly, it seems like whoever's been designing this game has literally watched the whole series of Vikings because there's a whole big thing about them going to Ireland in that, and then Mm. there's a whole big thing about them and a battle in Paris. So... It's that's what I think they've done, but at the same time, it's like you're making a game. Like it has, and when you've got hundred hours out of people on green terrain, then give them DLC, which chucks another twenty to twenty-five hours at them of the same. It's a little bit like, right, yeah, <laughs> come on. What What did you think of the actual kind of story here? Because I think you go over there for a to meet a cousin or some family member, and he's he's trying to sort of cosy up to the the would-be king and it's a similar kind of setup where you want to get the regions on your side and and, and yeah. kind of conquer the, the the island with with this with these set of people but how did you find this particular kind of story it's obviously a bit short well a lot shorter than the main game but mm. shared a few of the same themes i felt like yeah i mean it's it's literally in terms of structure it's exactly the same isn't it it's like yeah. Go around, get people on your side, destabilize the enemy, big battle. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a, and I'm okay with that, I guess. Um I found the story a little bit inconsequential. I really didn't connect with that that king at all. Yeah. On on this one. I was kind of a bit like I don't you know, all the other ones, I kind of felt like I, I wanted to do it. And this one, I was a bit like, mm, mm. if I could stab you in the back, I probably would. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought it was okay. What's her name? The the woman the, yeah. who's got a Scottish accent somehow, but is in Ireland. Um, could be Scottish. She weren't though. She was a she was a pagan and everything. Oh, she was yeah, yeah. that really annoyed me throughout the whole thing that she had a Scottish accent. I was like, why would you not pick someone with an Irish accent? Yeah. I, I, it felt like a real oversight from them. Um, but I thought that she was a pretty strong character, um, and I think without her, it would have been a real slog mm. in terms of. Sort of having something invested in that story because I feel like it all kind of revolved around her. Um, but what I guess confused me, and I, I still to this day don't know whether I'm, I think it's a good thing or a bad thing, but they kind of changed the game mechanics a bit in that you had all these outposts that you had to go and get to collect resources and yeah. you needed the resources to, to advance with. Um, advanced requests and things i was a bit it felt like filler didn't it It was like a it was like let's put a little gate up so you don't steamroll through the story like you're gonna have to now go off and do a bit of busy work collect (laughs) fucking cloth or whatever it is to upgrade the the trade post yeah that Mm. was 
Yeah, that was a pain. And I also didn't appreciate... There's another there's another cult to track down, by the way. That's exactly the same structure. There's no there's no difference in that. I think it was called the, the Order in the first... In the, in the main game. They call it a cult in this one. There's a set name for them. Druid cult fucks. But there was parts... It, you know, that at some point it got to... Even in the main story, it said, Oh, you need to go and deal with these two cult members before you can progress to the next part of the story. But it's not just dealing with two cult members. You've got to find three clues for each of the cunts. So you've got to visit six places, seven and eight, to then go off and kill them. And I was like, I don't, I don't mind them being there, but I didn't like the fact that it was meant to be a bit more of a tighter experience. And they still chucked in roadblocks just to just to slow me down, it felt like. I went off and killed yeah. all the cult members anyway, eventually. I was like, I'll do it on my own time, mm. thanks. But yeah, they weaved it in. I, even in the main game, I found it weird how the cult, and everything you're doing kind of it, it it's sort of interwoven but not completely mm. and i don't really understand that it's either there or it's not um and it was similar with this one it's kind of like throughout the story you'd come into contact with these people but then there'd be some random ones who are part of the cult that you'd never see that you've got to go out your way to get and yeah. i don't know it seems a bit odd I don't, I, again it's i don't really mind it but again it's it's the same as the first game you then got to go off goose chasing for clues <laughs> Again, you might if you had if you felt the need or there was a reward for actively investigating areas and searching and stuff, mm. then you might come across well you would come across these things naturally, but largely there's very little reward and reason to go around looting stuff. Mm. Um especially in that second DLC where you're already already powered up, you yeah. know, you're not really trying to level or anything. No. So so it's kind of pointless and then to your point, you go, you go and have a look at the cult um, or the order list and see how many, see where they are. And it's like, right, I've basically got to start from scratch, going around, yeah. finding clues, goose chasing around, <laughs> trying to get up that fucking hill. Yeah. It's not. Right. right. My biggest problem that I think I texted you about in this game was that on the key points, there's like one castle on top of a hill that you have to keep going back to. And you can fast travel to the, obviously, to the certain points in the map. And normally they're over the key places where you need to go to obviously make it quicker. But for some reason, on this specific one, there's kind of like the castles on top of one hill. The save points over here on top of another. So you spawn over here, yeah. and there's like this huge gully in between the two. And you have to try and navigate yourself down one every time and then get up the other. Yeah. And it, every time I was like, there's got to be an easier way to do this. And every time I couldn't find it. And it just started to really piss me off in the end. I was like, why have I got a fast travel point to every key location on the map in the original game and on this map? But for some reason, the castle where the king is, who I've got to keep reporting back to, it makes me spend five to ten minutes every time getting there via fucking orcs. Send a fucking pigeon next time. It was ludicrous. The, the thing is, there's a fast way to get down. Like You can zip wire down yeah. back to it, but then you can't get back up. So you're just bollocks. Yeah. There's um, some strange things in it. Like to, to your point, you mentioned earlier about where you would have to collect resources. I think they were dressed up as king's favors. You'd 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 get like these faceless kings, and they, you'd have to they'd give you like free quests that you can go out and do, and you'd get a reward of like a resource of sorts. And the idea was that you got to collect enough of the resource to fucking do something with, or send off to war, or some bullshit. But yeah, there's just some. 
some strange things in this. It wasn't. It certainly wasn't the home run. I, and because I'd heard such good things about the Odyssey DLC, which I didn't play. I played the base game, and that was like fifty-five hours, and I was blown away by that. I was like, Jesus Christ, can't play any more of this. And they've doubled up here and gotten away with it. So I was expecting big things, and I just. I was a tad disappointed with this DLC, I will admit, Wrath of the Druids. And for disclosure, I bought the gold version when it when I first got the Xbox Series X because Phil decided not to release any fucking games on it. I had to go to a third party and I thought, right, for the third party, first game on the Xbox, I'll just buy the top edition. Like, it's the first game, it's a little treat. And this was included in that. And I don't know what else is because as we get on to, there's going to be more support coming. Um... I don't know when this season pass or this this gold edition ends, and I'm gonna to have to start putting hand in pocket again. But <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't what I was expecting a little bit more from this overall. If I'm honest, it just felt a bit bit too samey, like you said, and some of the structural things they did really did get my fucking back up. Yeah, like you know, the terrain was similar, but it was definitely a lot more hilly, Them which is hills. fine. But there are ball ache to try and traverse with the horse and get back down again yeah um so actually it just made it more irritating to play because you know if the you can't fast travel to certain points because they didn't put them on the key locations um most of the time you had to fast travel to the outpost then you know get on your horse and go there but then you got to try and find your way up and down sort of two or three fucking hills yeah and it's just it just become very irritating um and as you say if you're doing it for five hours six hours for dlc you know even 15 hours you can probably forgive it but upwards of 20 saying hours for it it starts to become quite irritating yeah not that's um not the best work i'd say i just it just feels it just there was a lot of filler again like i just didn't need i felt like the story went on too long the characters largely were not good enough i felt to to keep me interested in them mm. um but then is that partly because i was still fatigued from completion of the original game i don't know yeah it's not it's not an easy one but then that's a that's just the inherent problem of doing a hundred hour game and then asking for mm. <clears throat> more time to do the dlc like that's just something you have to deal with you're gonna have to come up with something good to get people happy and, and back interested um any more to say on wrath of the druids before i'm gonna make you give it a little scory dory he's caught him cold turn that turn that light on i think caught me cold that did the darkness well it's that rain that's been rolling over and this afternoon it absolutely mm. thunder rocketed it down earlier mm. on nearly caught that puppy out up outside but he got away with it he would have been really not happy with that. So the sun's gone, which makes it dark again. Whereas last week, you couldn't buy a bit of darkness at half past nine when I was trying to get some sleep. Had that getting him through the fucking curtains. But any um, any last thoughts before? I'm thinking whether, you know, whether I regretted my time or not. What did you, still can you remember think... what you spent on it? How much was it to single? Can you remember, was it like... 16 7 15 quid or so i bought the two dlcs so i didn't oh, just okay. buy this one individually i bought them both i think it was about 
I don't know. I think I'm going to chuck out like 27 or something. Right, for yeah. Them. That, sounds... that sounds about right. I'll go um, on the Xbox store now and see if I can find it. I'll tell you what, this store is something else on desktop. Phil, <laughs> pull your fucking thumb out of your ass because I can't find nothing. So season pass, which I'm, I'm assuming mm. is what you... 32 49 so it may have been discounted at some point by the time you got round to buying yeah. it because you didn't get this on release, as far as I it remember. was. It might have been, but I, I, for some reason, I think it had a little bit off, yeah. um, which is what convinced Steve to to get. It, I think, um, but it's twenty quid on its yeah. own if you wanted to just get ref of the druids. I think that's what I might have looked at. I think I looked at it individually and together. I mean, and ten or more, I'll get double. Well, I thought chances are I'm going to download it anyway, yeah. so I might as well just future-proof myself and um, try and <clears throat> basically not sting myself next time. Yeah. But no, I think you know it's it's really difficult because I feel like I've I've shat on it, but I didn't hate the experience. I I I enjoyed overall my time in the base game and in the DLC. I think just the overriding feeling is that if both had been. 20%, 30% shorter, they'd have been a lot better. Yeah. I think that's that's just my continuing feeling throughout playing this. Um, There's hundreds of hours getting poured into Rocket League, though. So there is time yeah, there to be had. I've seen it. I, I think it's just because I like, I like a story game, but I also like to complete them. Mm. Um, and... I don't think I've ever had a story game that's taken me that long to complete start to finish. And it's just not what I want really from a game. The only thing, if it honestly, I think if it's anything other than Vikings, yeah, I, I would have nearly chucked it and just gone, I ain't doing this. Bounce off jobby. Yeah. So they may have lucked out of choosing the Vikings. Um, go on then. What will be a score for Wrath of the Druids? Out of 10, Jobby, with a 0.5 modifier, should you choose to do so? I'd probably say it's a 6. Yeah. That feels... 6.5 I'd written down here for mine. Yeah, I mean, I was toying between the two. I think I think broadly it's, it's, it's okay. I mean, it's not broken. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a bit... I think it's just a bit dull. I think yeah. that's that's what I thought. Um the setting's a bit dull, the characters are a bit dull, but you know, I'd probably say if someone likes Assassin's Creed or Vikings, if it comes up um on offer or whatever, then I wouldn't say don't get it. I'd say fill your boots for the right price. Phil's got it on offer at thirty five UK pans at the moment. Well thirty six UK pans the base game. So you'll get well, you'll this, get your fucking you know, money's worth if you're just looking at content per hour. What's that, thirty six P an hour? Well, something like that. Can you argue? Some some say you can't. Um, do you have any interest in scoring the base game? I'm just going to throw it out there. You don't have to. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'd probably give the base game a seven. Yep. It's as easy as that. Bronze. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I gave it an eight. I actually quite enjoyed the base. Like, it's long. I enjoyed the setting, the fundamentals, and... It just being England's quite cool. Um Yeah. Yeah, it was it was held back by being a bit bit too long, but 
I didn't like Odyssey at all. I think I gave Odyssey yeah. a six, so it got fucking bumped up a few grades. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're a fan of the franchise, I mean, for me, again, I think just because of the Viking piece, it, yeah. it kept me going and will keep me going because I like that lore. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I find, you know... I, another thing, I just don't find the interest in upgrading my gear. I think there's too much going on. Like, I, I, I think there's just a few bits that I would prefer to be kind of meddled with a little bit. But mm. overall, I enjoyed my experience. I think it's a pretty solid game. There's yeah. plenty of content there. Um, just gets knocked down a notch, I think, for for a bit too much. Interesting. Well, August the twelfth, there'll be the second part of your season pass dropping. Siege of Paris, so that's inbound. Um, don't really have any... Well, there's a few details that have kind of come out about that, but really the, I wanted to steer the discussion in the in a different direction, not necessarily focus on previewing Siege of Paris because I don't think we quite know exactly what to expect. Hopefully the terrain... Well, again, it's still going to be Europe, though, isn't it? So them green eels could be back to, to haunt. I don't be knowing how they're going to do that, but it'd be nice if it looked a little bit different but there's not really built up cities is there well or is there yeah, I, mean, I, don't know. I don't know my history at this time gaps you'd hope communist Paris, russia and but... nazi germany they taught us so any, any of those <laughs> and the partition of india any of those but this, <laughs> this viking stuff all the fun stuff they binned <laughs> the partition yeah i think gandhi ali jinnah clash i think um i think it should be better right it yeah. just depends what how much took they expect me to do it in the in the gutters of France. That's the concern, isn't it? Yeah. Be interesting. Hopefully it'll be he'll be good. But the the key point behind this is that they've got a hundred hour base game, they've got twenty hour one expansion pack, and sandwiched in between the first expansion coming out and post expansion, they've done lots of smaller updates, they've done lots of events, they've done Essentially, what I'm getting at is this game has been alive pretty much since launch with constant... You've seen them on your dashboard coming in at 20 gig updates randomly drop in and you're like, what's that about? And it's like, oh, it's the it's the River Raids mode we're adding and they're adding smaller quests and different like festivals that you can take part in, all this good stuff. Mm. How does all, all that sit with you? Because all, all that stuff's free and optional. It's just there for people to go in, go to the settlement again and... I don't know, earn some armour that's specific to that particular event. But it's typically something that you'd see perhaps in a more of an online-focused game where they're constantly dropping updates in a new content to try and pull people back in. But they're using it here for a single-player game to keep you engaged, and hopefully you go off, I guess, and buy the, the DLC that comes after that. But how does that sit with you in terms of a single-player game giving it a go? Well, I was trying to think uh, again. The fact that the the DLC is is less like a traditional DLC in terms of how it's you know structured and its length, adding in new mechanics and and doing things differently. It feels like they're moving or testing the waters, I guess, on on it becoming more of a service than a just sort of here's a game, this is it. Um, beyond a few bug fixes, that's all we're going to do. It seems to be. You know, they did special events for certain times of the year and things. So it's a bit odd to have that in a in a single-player game. And then you, you, as I say, you've got those special, um, you know, limited-time quests and things yeah. you can do if you want to. It's, again, it's all optional. So it's like you'll take it, wouldn't you, for nothing? Mm. Um, 
but it's a bit of a strange or it feels like a bit of a strange way for this franchise to go because it's you know well or maybe it's not maybe it's just a natural evolution of of the game and um you know if you've i think what a lot of people have struggled with or what they want to do which isn't a problem for me is access those you know different time periods and use those different characters that they've previously played with um and you know perhaps uh perhaps that's what they're looking at is that you know although in this one they're going he he can have ireland you can have paris Mm. what about if you're in the animus and you're then going off to roman times to egyptian times to you know the plague of 2020 um yeah, I mean the um, we'll, we'll talk about Assassin's Creed Infinity, which is, I think, what you're alluding to there. Sort of some of the rumours and the stuff that's for the next phase of this series looks like they're going to go down that route. And and some of the stuff they've done with Valhalla is kind of maybe testing that. It's like how do we keep people engaged on on this game? Okay, this is all working. If we do move to a more of a live service type model, we've kind of tried it out in a single player realm. Um, I guess this the, the the other part of this Valhalla gluttony of content is that they've come out and said there's going to be another year's support for Valhalla. So typically, the last few Assassin's Creed, for those that aren't aware, they normally get a year's worth of content, comes out November, the content ends November, December the next year, and you get two DLC packs, a load of updates in between that with armour and small events and smaller quests that you can do. And it stops... Well, given some of the, the, the stuff that's come out recently about a shift to a, a platform, as they're calling it, in Assassin's Creed Infinity, Valhalla's going to get an extra year's worth of support. I mean, Logan, you seem like you was at the end of your rope with Wrath of the Druids, one expansion in. You might end up with four by the time it's all said and done at the end of 2022. Yeah, I've been wondering what to do about this next one. I'll... I don't know. I don't know. I think I texted you as well, and I said I don't know whether I want one of these every three months. I, don't, I, mm. I think I'm just going to gradually enjoy it less and less. So, you know, I'll see how, it, how I feel about it and what's on the menu come uh, come August. Um, at the moment, you know, would I probably start it and have a look? Probably, um, but I kind of want to take it a bit slower. Mm. Um, what about next year? Could be another. I don't know what the plans are, I've not said, but there's going to be, this game could live for another year potentially. At some point, does Steve go, I've got to draw a line in the sand here and I'll walk away from this Viking adventure? I don't really know. I mean, it depends what, what the what next year's, or the next year's worth of content They leave it on a like. fuck-off big cliffhanger in Siege of Paris and go, right, <laughs> you'll be coming back. I mean, chances <laughs> are, yeah, I probably will. Um, the, the, the thing is, for me, it's slightly different because I'm literally coming back for the law. Like I literally mm. feel like I'm largely playing out kind of the Viking law, which I'm enjoying. Um, if it was any other law, I'd probably be less fussed about it and just go, well, I'll just wait until they bundle it all together at the end and just play it then. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then you got if you've got four sets of DLC, 25 hours each, you then got 100 hours of DLC to play. So that fill would, your boots with that. That would be a, a sickener, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's interesting because I kind of wanted to keep dipping back into this. And where I've, where I was up to date to start, I've got the game at launch, finished it by the end of the year. 
I was never really under sort of behind, if that makes sense. I was able just to mm. go like, I've had even a month off, oh, I can go back in. It feels a little bit fresh. But as soon as you start stacking up expansions or updates and you want to see it all, you're then mm. under the cosh. And I don't know what another year yeah. will hold. Um, I hope that the, the this extra year of support was already planned and baked into the strategy. Otherwise, that screams of, right, we've got to come up with something now for the next year. Like, I hope somewhere in Ubisoft HQ, there's like, yeah, that's a two-year game. Don't worry about it. We won't announce it till later. Hope they haven't got to like summer of this year and gone, we need that for another year, by the way. And they're all sitting there going, right. Get to the story, boss. Yeah, what are we going to fucking do here? So, yes. Gluttony of content for Valhalla. But as I've mentioned earlier and alluded to, this, this Assassin's Creed Infinity that's been... <sighs> I can't I can't work out what it is because it's all very vague and it's all sort of just clever wording. But it sounds like we're going to have Assassin's Creed Infinity. And like you kind of alluded to earlier, perhaps you go into the Animus and you go in there and there's, there's one setting for this. For the sake of argument, there's a Viking setting. You go off, you go and do that game, you come out. So you, you've, you've, I guess you purchase Infinity and it comes with one bundled campaign, quote-unquote. Then... Added to Infinity will be, I don't know, a pirate one set in a different time period. Then you said a Roman one, blah, blah, blah. And rather than it being separate games, it's like, okay, you go into Infinity, you kind of choose which experience you want to go towards or which campaign, and you, you tick them off that way. Um, I don't know how they can... I mean, they're, they're, merging, they're merging the workforce between two of their big studios. They're going to be... So there will be more resources on this, but... I mean, how on earth do you contain that? And because there will be people out there, Logan, that are sitting there saying, 100 hours is brilliant. I love games that are that long. Like, how could they possibly turn out a 100 hour campaign in this Infinity model where things are going to be, as it sounds, turning over quite quickly? And will they add bullshit into it, as we see with live <laughs> service games? Are we going to. I mean, there's already bullshit in Valhalla. You can buy booster packs and all that stuff. Fortunately, the game, unlike Odyssey, in my opinion, doesn't doesn't block you and make you feel like you need to go to the shop to, to improve things. But I can just see this instance where that's happening, where there's level gating going on. And because it's under this infinity banner, this live service platform, that it's like, well, yeah, just a fiver to boost your XP for the day and then grind it out and get to the next stage. It's, it's, it's concerning. On one hand, it could be really cool. Like if you could just jump into that and there's five different campaigns of different time periods that you could go into and guess what? They could all be shorter, perhaps. That might even be a plus that comes out of all this. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't really know how I feel about it. As you say, I haven't, I haven't seen much about it at all. Mm. Um, it's all speculation, it seems. <laughs> but it seems like what they're doing... When you see what they're doing with Valhalla and what they're talking about for Infinity, you can see how they're teeing it up. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to work. I mean, how would would your characters cross over? Would, you know, progress in one, somehow carry across the other? Would be an but, overarching I, story between them all? Perhaps like a narrative weaved between each of these? It's, it becomes very complex, though, doesn't it? And it, it becomes... could become pretty messy pretty easily so i guess you know it's an interesting concept because assassin's creed kind of as i understand it you know 
introduced this animus piece and stuff and it kind of gave them the license to do what they wanted at any point in history simulation isn't it so they can do anything with it it's clever really yeah do what you like go where you want when you want as whoever you like like that's you know really giving them the license to well literally to do whatever they want Um, but the problem is they've already touched on a lot of these key periods already throughout the series so Do do you try and retell it it's been a while. It's, it's been a while since that original one, and you can't really go back and play that because it plays. It's, it's not a good game. The the original one, like maybe maybe we go and revisit these places. Maybe revisit um, all these other games, and they bring in the new mechanics. That's I mean, it's, they've got a baked in narrative they could stick to, or time periods. That could be one way to do it. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting. It just always boils down to the same thing, doesn't it? How much is it going to cost me? off the bat and how much is it going to cost me ongoing and is that worth it um and how much am i going to be pressured into buying um you know add-ons or whatever they whatever they look like boosters yeah so the rumor states this is from schreier of the jason variety out of bloomberg he said that the project has a code name assassin's creed infinity there'll be a large online platform that will continue to grow months and years following its release the report also claims that while previous assassin's creed games were set in specific historical periods assassin's creed infinity will be set in multiple different periods and this could expand even more over time so it sounds like you go in and there's options to go and choose you know valhalla version or odyssey version or Origins version, which is Egypt and in Greece, ancient Greece, because people got snarled up on the quiz about that. Poor old Adkins lost a point by not saying ancient. <laughs> so we have to, have to say that for him, that it was set in ancient Greece, otherwise he'll call us cowards for taking that point away when he said just Greece. Also opens up the possibility to go to the future. Well, dun, 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 dun. Halo in, Halo in Assassin's Creed. That's what Phil's been working on. It'll be interesting to see how this pans out. I mean, it's going to be years away because we've got another year of Valhalla. Um, to be honest, I think every three games, like you, like Assassin's Creed originally should have should have evolved well before it got to Origins, which is where they made a big change. And we had these three, these kind of more RPG combat-based ones in Origins, Odyssey, and now Valhalla. P- could do with a kick up the arse, really. And there's been so many games that have already come previously. It's like, Maybe they should just try something new. But if they riddle it with microtransactions and bullshit, it's going to get people's backs up, and it's as as simple as that. So we'll have to see how they they play it. Um, Let's move out of Assassin's Creed land and look at some of the money you've been flushing away lately. Because you've joined (laughs) the next gen. Yeah, I have. Put two fingers up at Sony and gone, give me that Xbox Series X. Phil Spencer... You know, he's a friend of the show, so he's happy. But tell us your why you went and got one, first of all, because it's been out a, a fair while and stock has been limited, but there have no doubt been opportunities before this. And kind of what your impressions are since moving off, because you went from the original Xbox One, which, yes. in all honesty, is fucking old. Yeah. So that was a March 2014 bit of kit, that. Um yeah. And, you know, I wasn't really, I'm never an early adopter of anything. Um, it ate my bag. I'll sit back, 
um, let them, you know, iron out the creases if needs be, and then jump on it a bit later. Like, and I was fine with that. You know, all the games that I was playing, um, you know, uh, Assassin's Creed, Warzone, Rocket League. Like, there's nothing. Well, the Outriders there that I... costed me on load times. Well, so <laughs> I was playing those games, and then it was basically Outriders that I come to where I was like, it's struggling now, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's it's not happy. So I kind of made the decision there that you know, this is, if we're going to get to a point where games where it's affecting my experience, then I need to right. I need to upgrade that. You know, I can deal with locked 30 frame rates and things mm. like that but if it's if it's struggling to load to in um <laughs> and just generally process these games then it's probably a good time to, to to upgrade um so yeah i've got i've got my my stock finder my stock picker on the on the lookout and i think literally within a day you went right here you go this is this is the story um so game had a couple lurking in store Tweeted them, got down there first thing in the morning, and got myself uh, uh, a Series X. Um, that in person, in person, yeah. They had like got stock out. in there for like two or three days. Unbelievable. Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah, they they. I was there first thing in the morning. I was like, "Have you still got it?" They're like, "Yeah." I was <laughs> like, "Well, I'm not insane." I was like, "I've been struggling to get old one of these. It's not like I just go online and order one at any no. point, and you're sitting on." copies but obviously they've wised up to it i had to buy a bundle oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but i lucked out a bit there because fifa it had to be a chart game and fifa was in the chart um for like 17 quid or something so i was like well i'll have that then yeah. and i needed a new charging cable because they've obviously changed it to usb-c on the new yeah. controller so i've got one of them so i was like i've got something already needed and a game i haven't played so i was like it ain't too bad um but yeah, you know, I, I think for about two weeks after I got it, every time I booted it up, I was saying to Pete, you know, I can't believe how quick this is. Yeah. You know, just loading up, booting stuff, um, loading me into games and things. Like it's it's a noticeable upgrade in terms of power. Yeah. Um, but obviously, once you have a console like that, you then look at your monitor and you go. <laughs> Well, <laughs> now I'm being held back by this monitor. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I then decided to, to obviously upgrade the monitor to something that could support 120 FPS. Gives me a bit of HDR as well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's in terms of both upgrades, it's it's clear that, you know, I'm definitely getting a better, a better gaming experience now. And um, just to prove that, obviously, we reloaded up Outriders the other day. Yep. To, uh, so to test that out, much quicker loading, you know, frame rates were much better. It was a much better experience on there. So yeah, some of the issues that you raised in that if I would run forward and it would it would kind of spawn or trigger the, the second wave of enemies in, you mm. you can play on your side that the game would would start lagging out and you'd be like jump, it just completely like just go unstable on you. And mm-hmm. we we tested that only once or twice in with you on the Series X. And it appeared mm. as though it was no longer an issue. So either they fixed it or maybe the power of the Series X was allowing it to load those new enemies in and all the AI that comes with it without mm. it struggling and having to put load on the machine. Yeah, I mean, we're on the basis that you were never seeing that issue. Yeah, no, I didn't. Now, you know, on your console and then once I got the X, I weren't seeing it. Um, mm. You know, it's fair to assume that 
that that was that was the reason. Um, there was a little bit of you know connectivity where it's not too happy about where enemies are supposed to be, and a little bit of that for me. But that ironed out a little bit after a while anyway. Um, but yeah, like in terms of it was just a much more pleasant experience to play. I mean, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't affect my opinion of the game. No, um, but it, you know it's. It's it's just a clear upgrade, like yeah. as you'd expect. You know, it's like when you upgrade your PC. You don't, you know, the game doesn't automatically just go, oh, you yeah, know. Yeah. But you you definitely notice that it's smoother, that it looks better, and everything. And um, that's def- even going back to play the DLC and jumping into Assassin's Creed. Like the difference from playing that on on the one to the, the Series frames. X. Is, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just night and day. It really is. So uh, yeah, I'm pleased with it. Yeah, I think both PS5 and Xbox Series X have good power upgrades this time. I never PS4 and Xbox One always felt a little bit half baked as an upgrade. I always felt like hmm, they're doing some impressive stuff, but we didn't get a move from 30 frames to 60 frames. That just didn't happen, and it was more like, well, then we had the fucking mid-generation upgrades. There was like, right, here's the real power now. I was like, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> And they didn't even do 30 to 60, really. They were focused on 4K and enabling HDR and all that stuff. Whereas these mm. ones, I feel like they're, they're a palpable upgrade on the last gen machines. And like people can notice it. Like the, the loading in itself is, like in some games, is a huge upgrade because if you're dying a lot, like that Assassin's Creed, if you, I can't imagine you fast traveling on the Xbox One, that ain't fast. It wasn't. You drop it on the Xbox really Series wasn't. X, and it's, it is fast travel. So, you it makes a completely it does it does transform your experience with these SSDs in there. Like it makes yeah. things so much more pleasurable to play, and the frustration in some instances are just sort of squeezed out. I think I sent a, a video to you yes. when I was playing Assassin's Creed of it literally of it loading. Like mm. what I, to, I think it was between a minute to a minute and a half just to get in in my game. Yeah. Which is, which you know, it doesn't sound like long, but it's it's significant enough. Um, yeah, and then now I literally got it, you know, ten seconds, you know, if that, I think, yeah. and it's just like bam, and it'll straight store, in. And then it'll store it in quick resume if you don't close it, so you can. Well, I must admit that's the one issue I do have is the old quick resume. I don't trust it. It's it's, it's cocked up a few times for me, especially on Creed. Although yes. I, haven't, I haven't played Pez since the Euros, and it's still sitting there in quick resume. I reckon it's the game in some instances, not not playing well. So when for me going back to quick resume in Assassin's Creed, it wouldn't let me save the game. <laughs> um, so I think one of them I did it for a bit, yeah, and then um, I I like went to save and it went nah, like basically can't save it. Oh, so I was like mm. right. And I sussed it was that quick resume. It didn't like it. Didn't like me uh, fucking about. Like uh, that. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's you know it's it's a new bit of tech. I've never been too happy with it. I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's those things. But when you've got such quick loading times, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Do you really need that on? Like you don't. don't really. Need six games stored up there, really? Do you to jump in and out of? I mean, and it just makes things more complicated. It's nice to have, but it's not essential considering, like you said, they boot the game so much quicker now anyway. So mm. that's the real upgrade. Um, any any thoughts, early impressions on your Xbox 
Elite version two, I believe it is, which you've only had a few days, but you've <laughs> spent a day assembling it, it sounds like, and putting paddles where they need to be gone. You've had, you had a few sessions of, of various online games I've been seeing, so has mm. it has it made you a better play? Are you now not awful? I'm still awful. <laughs> um the truth of it is is I don't really know. I mean It's early days to be fair. I think I think I said to you, like I'm so used to having to do finger gymnastics, to do jumping, shooting, and do certain things that you know you're trying to rewire your brain to use paddles. Yeah. In 25 years, 26, 27 years of gaming, I've never used back paddles on a controller. <laughs> right, um, yeah. And I'm a bit weird because I use my middle finger on on RT, and I have my index finger on RB. Right. But on the other side, I have it normal. So I'll have my index finger on LT. Right. And then I have it like that, yeah. I'm just doing it for people that are watching. I've got my Xbox controller. Bloody hell. I suppose you haven't got to flip around, but... Well, it's so that I can... um, FPS is I can shoot and throw grenades and stuff um, at the same time. And it's just... I don't think it's something I ever intentionally did. It just happened. But obviously, with where the paddle is on the back, I kind of need to hold the controller properly. So I'm having to retrain myself to shoot with my index finger. So I'm trying to do two different... I'm doing two sets of rewiring. Um, But it's definitely... Yeah, Steve just like... The the thing is, is I'll only use that for first-person shooters. I won't use that elite controller for like Rocket League or for playing through... A normal game i just don't it just the thing is the standard controller is nice yeah. like it's not a bad controller where i think this is horrible to use like i like the controller yeah but basically all you're using this elite 2 for really is you know i've messed around with the trigger stops and that's okay again i've got to get used to it but really it's for this this paddles on the back and stuff and yeah i've meddled around with some of the uh the joysticks but i'm not you know, I haven't instantly stumbled on saying yet where I've gone, oh, game changer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want the review after three days, I have to <laughs> add, I didn't buy this brand new. So no. I got this through Amazon Warehouse. Um, Discount jobby. Discounted at £62, yeah. which is the only reason I, I got this controller. Mm. Um, and I'm fully expecting it to break on me within six months. Um, it's just kind of a, an escapade to see, is it worth it? I that, think if I just spent full whack on it, hmm. I might be slightly disappointed. Well, that poor Pete nice has had problems with it, isn't he? He's had like, to send a few yeah. back. With these He's had two and sent them both back. I think he had an issue with the buttons, buttons sticking and stuff. Yeah. Um, they are, and I've I've watched so many reviews for it because I've been on an iron over a, an, an upgrade on controller for a while. But Scuff. basically it doesn't look... Yeah, it's, it's much of a muchness. They've all got pros and cons, but... Everyone basically says this is a great controller, but it's made, you know, it ain't going to last, basically. It's crazy, really, because the, you know, the money that's being asked for, you know, at full price, brand new. I think it's the most expensive one. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, I think the Razer ones are still 10, 20 quid cheaper than that. Um, 160 quid here at Argos. Yeah. 160 UK pans. For yeah. an Xbox, an official Xbox Elite wireless control. I mean, I know you can mm. get them cheaper if you want around, but you ain't going to get them much cheaper. You're not going to get it under 100, brand new. Obviously, you've 
lucked out because there was a there was a I think there was a deal that day, wasn't there? Where you got X percentage off Amazon warehouse purchases. Thirty percent. Yeah, I think so it was. Yeah, you've done well to get that down to sixty odd. But like for that sort of money, if you've paid one hundred and sixty UK pounds for it, it should it shouldn't ever break. No, because for it an is, extra hundred yeah. quid, you can yeah. get an Xbox Series S. It's it's ludicrous money. I I don't even know how they've priced that up to that. I don't. I, in all honesty, I don't know how it sells for that price. It's mm-hmm. a disgrace. Um, and as you say, you know, if if it was something that would last you, I mean, I think I my original controller that I got with my Xbox One was yeah. still working yeah. to the day that I I crossed over. And if it lasted that sort of period of time, it could be justified. But yeah, for, you know, it's it's basically a pro controller made for casual gamers. Because mm. if you're doing anything semi-serious with it, it ain't going to last very long. No, it's, just, um, it's an odd one. The, the thing that I mean, the one, the major thing that puts me off going down the elite route because I, I kind of get a bit of an inkling for things like that. Like I bought the headsets for the PlayStation and the Xbox. I'll, I'll do a not a side by side, but I will do a little opinion piece on on those two. What's good and what's bad. So I do like these these accessories they come out of that are made specifically for the consoles. But the one thing that gets me about the Elite controller is that on the other side, on Jim Ryan's side, he's got a controller sitting there with haptic feedback and adaptive triggers, which to me, as a single player player, makes a hell of a lot more difference than having a paddle on the back. Like, I feel like Xbox will eventually release a controller with that functionality in it. So if I am going to buy one, it's at that point. But then I'm scared about the fucking price again. Because if it's already 160 quid without all that tech in it, mm. if, if if fucking Phil starts adding adaptive triggers and motors and you know all that stuff in there, it's going to be 200 quid. And then the, the the stock sort of PS5 controller is I think 55, 60 quid, and it's got all that in it, and it's a perfectly good controller. Yeah, I mean the thing is, a lot of it feels to me anyway a bit gimmicky, like being able to change all these buttons around, and you know you don't really need that if people want longer controllers you can get extenders and stuff it's all that stuff feels a bit gimmicky you know the fact that it's wirelessly charged if you want it to again you know a bit gimmicky you can charge it in the case through the you know it's it's it's, you go that's pretty cool i do like really the case charging that is cool i like the fact it comes in a case but then it breaks yeah. down anyway on you, so it gives you all that protection. And then trust. I mean, it. when you open it and you see it, it's nice. It's nicely presented. It's nicely laid out. It looks nice. It feels nice. But you just, even when I'm playing with it, I kind of, honestly, what I do is I go, I'm going to only use this when I have to to try and prolong how long it's going to last. Yeah. You, that's what I'm already doing with it, and um, that's not where you want to be if you've spent 160 quid on it. You know, you want to, you want to use it play it you know every day get comfortable set up for all your different sort of games you know free preset modes and stuff and yeah i think it's it's just a bit of a shame really that it's it's you know so flimsy i guess yeah it doesn't feel flimsy it feels solid but you right. know it's flimsy inside yeah that's you know that's the issue but not so ideal. yeah not ideal but upgrades all around tvs consoles controllers all there big big session just need to get that laptop sorted so we ain't got to be getting on these ipads but to be fair that's held up quite nicely um Mm. i am going to talk just a little bit about celeste 
and get it out of the way. Well, not get it out of the way, but it's, yeah. it's a nice short game. I haven't got mm-hmm. to ramble on for 30 minutes telling you about the, the, the fundamentals of it or what the story is, all that good stuff. And I've just finished streaming it, which is always quite fresh in my mind. Um, so I will use that time, this little time that we've got left to chat about that. Um, so I'll play through Celeste, two sittings. I think it took me six and a half hours, if you look at the stream, one two-hour-ish session and then a four-and-a-half-hour fucking heat bomb that day. <laughs> and um, platform game. So I think Adcock's been on and, and waffled about this, but it was a couple of years ago because the game game was out in 2018. Came out to great critical acclaim for story and mechanics and whatnot. And, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good game. Like, it's very frustrating. Like, it's a... It's a 2D platformer that requires you to be pixel perfect at times um, to, to get in and around the obstacles they put in the way. The, the level design's extremely difficult at times and, some, and half of it's trying to figure out what the puzzle is to... And by puzzle, I mean, what, where do you jump when and what, when do you use your boost? You've got like a second jump boost type thing to, to get past the, the perilous obstacles they've put in your way. Um, one of the great things is it's, it is very difficult, so you'll die a lot, but it's like instant reset. The screen goes bang, you're back, and you're back in plan. There's none of this waiting around nonsense. There's no real penalty for losing. Um, it does track the number of deaths you have, though, per chapter, so it's, it's quite fun to look back at those. And one of the one of the key points that, that, was, that was brought up in the... Um, in the uh, uh, the, the reviews was how strong the story was and to be fair for a for a 2d platforming game it has a lot more guts about it than what you'd expect like previous experience with this genre is was super meat boy and that's got throwaway stories and, and whatnot but in celeste it is a it is short but they do a a good job of kind of giving you uh, an insight into the cause you're playing as a, a woman named madeline who's struggling basically and, and Going to Celeste Mountain um, is her way of trying to sort of cleanse her soul and her mind and try and get a head clear, basically. And you meet characters along the way, and they've got their own quirks and issues that you you, you suss out and find about. It's clearly a a story that's focused in on mental health and panic attacks and anxiety and things like that that, that, that affect people. So it's. Uh, it's quite a grounded story, quite funny at times, so certainly a thumbs up from that perspective. Um, complaints, really, I mean, this is, and this is me wanting to be babied, I would have liked just a map sometimes, because I got lost a few times, I didn't know where I was supposed to be going. Um, I'm not going to com- sit there and say, well, the diff- it was so difficult that, it's, that, that I didn't enjoy it, because although it was punishingly hard at times, I did get through it. And at times you can watch that stream. I get very, very annoyed. But sometimes when you when you're struggling with something and you are able to push through, it's a it's a nice feeling. So overall, a, a great a great little game, really. Um, not, I, I mean, I saw the the I mean the, the open critic score is really high. I'll just double check what it is. I'm not quite sure. I'm in agreement with that. I feel like a lot of that's weighted towards the story because it's a bit out of left field. You don't really expect a 2D platformer to tackle that subject matter. Um, sitting on the 92. But generally, like a really solid game. Like I picked this up in Games With Gold probably about a year and a half, two years ago. And um, been sitting there on the hard drive ever since. But I just managed to get around to playing it. So 
Um, don't know if you had any queries or questions or observations from watching the stress unfold. <laughs> then I'll no, it, a little score for it. It reminded me of Super Meat Boy. Yeah. Um, although I, I thought Super Meat Boy is probably, you know, ten times as difficult than than that. Or it looked in, you know. Don't know. You look at those last levels. Yeah, maybe there's <laughs> a. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I did. I did. Unfortunately, miss the second stream that I need to go back and watch. The but, last um, hour of that stream is horrendous. It's, if you want to see me getting really the arse ache, twitch.tv slash dimp digital. There's a couple of good clips there as well. I think yeah. everyone. Um, but yeah, it. You know, it, I was surprised to see you. You you go for that sort of game because I, I think my first thing I said to you is I'm gonna. I can't wait for you to get annoyed by it because I thought yeah. it's inevitable, really. But the first stream, you were relatively calm, but obviously the cookbox that you were in um, the day after really, yeah. really got up, yeah. Well, part of the problem was because I sat there for four and a half hours playing it. There's no mm. need to do that. I was like, I didn't get riders with it, it overcooked it. Yeah, it could have been a little nice two hour session, then I'll, and I'll finish it off on the next one. But for some reason, I got my got mm. a bean up on it and I saw the finish line and thought core but I can get that this afternoon <laughs> if I just drop everything else and then by the time you get to the end like it's funny because when you change levels it brings up little tips and whatnot like one of them was like um the collectible collecting strawberries and collectibles in games it's only there to show off to your mates that makes no bearing on the game itself so it's like okay that's quite funny because, you know, you've got Hall going, get all the strawberries. Like, I ain't, they're fucking pointless, mate. They're not, they're not doing them. <laughs> but one of the little messages that came up was, most people that die on mountains is due to exhaustion. Make sure you take a break. And it, that couldn't have been more true towards the end of the game because I was exhausted mentally and physically by that point, And yet I decided to just be really stubborn and push through it which wasn't the right thing to do in hindsight mm. but i was able to come away from it and not feel like aggrieved at the game because i was aware that, that was a lot of that was on me um and then obviously the the jubilation of finishing it's always great there is like a little post game bit which i i might go into but once the credits have rolled uh, that's a chick in the box for ronnie so he's happy to walk away if needs be I always just have to remember, and I think I said to you again on that first stream, was those games are literally designed to provoke rage. Like you have to do them. There's only one. Normally, there's only one way to do it, and you have to do it that one way. And there's yeah. very little leeway for it. Yeah. So instantly, that will always, you know, get you back up after a while. Yeah. Um, but as you say, there's something satisfying, I think, in knowing that you've done it the right way, the way that they intended, and. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's super frustrating, but you know that you just have to get one good run, and then that'll be that. Yeah, like the the, the times when you'd I'd rarely do a new screen, particularly, particularly at the end when it is really tricky, like first time, and or do two or three first time. You just sort of like not fluke it, but you just be in a flow. Mm. They were they were fantastic, um, but then you you do hit those walls, and you're like. Oh my goodness! How am I ever going? to... I'm never going to get I'm this. I'm never going to get this. And it's it honestly, it makes things worse streaming it because you're aware that people are watching and you think I can't sit on this screen for a half hour, forty minutes. It's like, but I might need to. So that just mm. cranks up the pressure, which kind of gives it a it puts the game at a disadvantage almost because you're just bound to get frustrated with it. Um, soundtrack's really good as well. There's there's certain and there's like little boss fights and whatnot. There's some excellent music in the game. It's really well designed as well and just could have done with a little map now and again just to 
particularly if if you are collecting, going after the collectibles, it'll be nice to be able to just bring up a screen and be like, right, there's a strawberry up there. I'll head that way because you can get turned around a few times. I did get lost, but other than that, solid 2D platformer, good little story, good soundtrack, easy 8.5. So Cool. Well, I said it was too high at 92, and I've got close to it, so clearly mm. they're in the right ballpark. But recommend anyone with a taste of Super Meat Boy or anything like that, or even if you haven't played one of those games, this is quite a nice entry because it gives you a half-decent story to, to get involved with. So, I ain't touching that. Yeah. Uh, they're too... I, I mean, I just absolutely haven't got the patience for it. Yeah, which is it's understandable. Well, I see it. Logan's return cut well not cut short but comes to an end so we'll get yep. you, we'll get you back when the siege of Paris has been 100%ed in 50 yep. hours so we'll see once I've done that PS5 has been bought initial review on that etc etc we'll you'll be back on um, if anyone has got to the end of this and you're still listening or watching you can support us via patreon.com slash dimpdigital where you can join the core community um, on that front and uh, that will go into the beer pot for sure um, or you can head over to twitch.tv slash dimp digital where you can see said rage streams taking place on various days at various times throughout the week and you can become a subscriber there or if you've got twitch prime which i know it feels like 80 percent of the population has you can link that to your twitch account and it'll give you a free subscription every month you can go to the dimp channel and subscribe to us. It won't cost you a penny, but again, we'll drop a couple of bucks, couple of quid our way um, for doing that. But like I keep saying to people, it ain't going to go away if you don't do it. So don't be worrying if you can't. And those that do, thank you very much. And those that have got to the end of this, thanks very much for your time. And ta-ra. <laughs>